jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of darkness! Heaven's Gate just joined Stacy. <laughs> you know, it's not Clarice Starling, but I will say <clears throat> No words. No words. They should have sent a poet. Um how about that election, huh? Yeah, still don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do! We finally do! We finally do. It's The news is like, what, three hours old? Literally up until three hours ago, we were going to go into recording still not knowing the election outcome, whereas <laughs> yeah, last week's election, or last week's episode, we did not know the outcome, and that was the day of the election. <sighs> Stacy. Madam Vice President. <laughs> There's a Madam Vice President. I don't, I'm, I'm so like, I don't even, I don't think I know how to experience joy. Like I, I am on a cerebral level, but it hasn't like really sunk into my body yet. Because yeah. the, the last four years were awful. We're awful. Like you and I were talking before we started recording. Election night 2016 was so devastating that I turned it off. You know? Mm-hmm. And we all know what the last four years have been like. And well. for this election, especially once, like Elizabeth Warren was my candidate of choice. Same. And once she was knocked out and it was Biden, like, I wasn't excited about Biden. I'm like, of course, I'm going to vote for them. Of course. Without fucking question. Absolutely. Harm reduction. (laughs) Yeah, harm reduction. I'm not going to rail against them in the days up to the election because what does that serve right now? Um, But I just would not allow myself to experience any hope that Biden would actually win this election. Because I didn't want to go through it again. And oh. because the incumbent almost always gets reelected. Yeah, and the incumbent is a reality TV show host celebrity. And a lot of people just, whether they're even racist or not, just will vote for a celebrity. Because they're mm-hmm. dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just prepared myself and didn't allow myself to get my hopes up whatsoever. And now that it's actually happened, now that I've been listening to car horns... For the last three hours. I love hearing it. It's, they're like, there's a, 
It's like a party. I said like to the you, the world is partying. <laughs> I said to you earlier, it feels like the end of the Return of the Jedi special edition, where they replaced the Ewok song with the footage of the planets, all the different <laughs> systems and planets <laughs> celebrating and knocking over statues of Palpatine and shit. Yeah. It really does. But I don't know. I've never experienced anything like this with any election ever. Ever. And I've been voting since the Roosevelt days. <laughs> Not even when Obama was elected, it wasn't like this. No. I mean, it was ecstatic, but this is like... Yeah. This is like the Death Star just exploded. Mm-hmm. Like, we've been liberated. It's fucking wild. It's wild. It's fucking wild. I can't... I can't get over... Yeah, I'm. I, all I've done all day... I, this has been my least productive morning. I've become a morning person recently. I've, I've transitioned to morning person. And I I'm, love it. I love it too. It's shocking. <laughs> and um, so we can text early on when things I happen. Don't have to, I don't have to wait until dinner time. <laughs> for me to slog out of my rock. <laughs> for Anthony to answer something. <laughs> Or to feel okay about sending a message. We can launch a website in the early part of the day. <laughs> it's right. great. And it, I, I, so I have, this has been my least productive morning. I mean, productivity is bullshit, but this has been my least productive morning where I, because I just can't stop smiling, but I don't even know how to process it yet. It's just. I don't know. I really don't. Like I, I texted you, I don't know, two days ago or whatever. And I was like, I haven't even processed the fact that we could have a woman as vice president. Yeah, because we I was, I had trained myself to not feel any hope about this. And so, like, the significance of a, a black slash Indian woman vice president, right. it's finally fucking happening. And I didn't, I couldn't even be excited about it. I don't know. Maybe it'll sink in and I'll actually really be able to... Like, maybe after the end of January. Yeah, I'm going to give it till till inauguration happens to really bust out the M80s and the sparklers and burn down the National Forest accidentally. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. When I feel more safe, but... Yeah, today is like a few, and yes, I cried, of course, and yes, I'm happy, of course, but I also... Like I said, I'm going to put off the terror until tomorrow as best as I can. But it's like, we've still got a couple of months to go. What the fuck havoc is he going to wreak in the meantime? I mean, and Stacy, we are recording this. Not to be Debbie Downer, we are recording this on the, you know, within hours of this being called. Finally. Right. And who knows, by Wednesday, when this episode drops, by, I'm sorry, today, as this episode drops, uh, the country could be gone. We could all be right. dead. He could have nuked us all. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But yeah. right now, it's just uh, she is glowing. It is so fucking wild to feel a a a a a, a, a breathe free strip. It's the the sense of like oppressive dread has been so strong every day. And it's like, especially for the last year or so, when we're all stuck in the house, et cetera, et cetera, not living our normal lives, I've just felt so crippled. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you say, productivity is bullshit, but also as a creative person, um, it's not even about like, oh, I got to get it done. I got to lean in and fucking Janice or, woo or whatever. Thank you. 
<laughs> but I do feel like uh, a part of me is missing when I'm not creating something. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's how you... It's, I think, well, I think for both of us, kind of, in a way, it's how we process things. Yeah. And it's like... Huge bouts of of creative and emotional and and societal constipation. Yes, we have had the smooth move tea today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hear yeah, that honking? Oh, it makes me so happy. Ah, <laughs> uh, so I just I don't know. It's it's like nah, I today I will say I have dared myself to feel like. It will be, like, you'll be okay, though. Like, even knowing that we still have months to go, knowing that this outcome doesn't fix the problems that, like, the rot in the roots of this country. Yeah, systemic oppression and and the militias of rabid followers that you know are going to fight this, but... It's, there's still so much work to do, and it's, we're still a scary fucking place, and Mm -hmm. it's still a scary time. Um, but I did have the thought, like, you're gonna, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. More than half of the country has hope for something else. Right. I just can't believe that, you know, usually I am just a fuming pile of rage. A steaming pile of rage. I always Mm -hmm. have something to complain about. Always. Yeah. Today, the only thing I have to literally, like, the only thing I can complain about is that Adrian Barbeau died in the movie we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's the only thing I'm unhappy about right now. (sighs) Oh, it feels nice. It feels nice. But yeah, what am I going to get angry about now? Who am I without this awful ball of tension breaking my back in half? Right. and, And turning me into a rageful hunchback. I feel limber. I feel all my bones have dissolved. I'm just a... (laughs) I don't mean to turn anyone on too much. (laughs) But I just feel like a sack of flesh filled with jelly. (laughs) It's so nice. I feel like like one of those Martian popping things. Wait, what? You know those toys where you squeeze them and their eyes pop Oh, out? they're so weird looking! Well, hey. Yeah, they're I'm like... Still your, I'm your podcast partner, okay? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, I, I mean, not you, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, they're Martians, Anthony. Of course they look weird. The things that are like the nude with the little like... Yes. Prolapses popping out of their eyes and their mouth holes. That's, that's what I'm saying, yes. Prolapsia. Princess of Power. Yes! I love Squeeze her. me and see what pops out. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's how I feel right now, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the first Gaylord's um, board game. <laughs> Squeeze her and see what pops out. All that's going to pop out is all the fucking stress eating I've been doing for the last week. Oh my god, so much food. So much food. So much food. Yeah. So, anyway. So, you know, that's, uh, that's that, I guess. Yeah. It's over, and now we have nothing to complain about, ever. Yeah, everything's better. We're done. Everything, racism got fixed. Yeah, time to go to bed. Time to go to bed. Oh, well. (sighs) Oh.
I did accomplish one thing in the week since our last episode. Oh no, what was it? And it... Why do you assume it's an omen? <laughs> I was like, what nut walks by your apartment? <laughs> I'm sorry, do go on. Wow, such faith you have in me. <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh yeah. You did something. I did something. <laughs> I actually did something. Well, it's not. It was not uh, a lot, but it was something I had mentioned in the last episode, and I actually made good on my. Not a promise. Not a threat. Uh, the point is, I watched Halloween too. <gasps> I did as well. Did you? It's a strange movie, isn't it? It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I kind of had forgotten how strange it is. It's so fucking weird. Um, I will say this. Look, I still love it. Oh, classic. And I don't mean to offend anybody, but I'm sorry. Dick Warlock is no Nick Castle. Thank you. What is that? What is that, Michael Myers? It's a fucked up Michael Myers. Granted, I did go to the NECA thing and I bought the action figure right after. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's no, like, classic Halloween action figure up for sale that you have to buy the Halloween Kills Bangs action figure or the H2. But at least the Halloween 2 one comes with the pumpkin with the skull in it and a Ben Trainer mask. Yeah, so I was here for that. And you can have his bloody eye mask. So I was like, that's cool. But, But in the film, like, the way he walks and shit. He doesn't walk right. And he's tiny. He's he's a little he's a little one. Yeah, I love a chibi, but yeah. <laughs> I've seen yeah. the first film and suddenly he He shaved. just doesn't move right. He's just yeah. not Uh what were my other takeaways? I do love the bloody eye ending when he's like slashing around in the room and he can't find Oh yeah, it's wicked. Dr. Lewis. That's pretty wicked. Dr. Loomis is so strange. I mean we've always known this. But he's so weird. When the guy's like, uh, something, something dead. And he's like, you don't know what death is. Like, he just talks and he's like, what? This man is a state-employed doctor? <laughs> he's a psychiatrist? He's fucking crazy. He's, he's a fucking wackadoo. Like, just, just talk, Loomis. I shot him six times! <laughs> Uh, Dr. Loomis, do you know what time it is? I looked at the clock! (laughs) I looked at the clock six times! I saw the hands go around! It has numbers! (laughs) The the numbers and the numbers looked at me! (laughs) The darkest night! (laughs) We were talking, Jason and I kept talking about it, and and Jason just kept saying, Oh my god, he is the fucking worst. And, he is. And it's, it was so funny to me because when I was a kid, I loved Dr. Loomis. Oh, yeah. And in my acclaimed film that I made for health class, Night of the Bulimic Living Dead, which was an instructional <laughs> film, just like in Pin 15 when they did the, the Old Spice Girls about osteoporosis. Right. We had that same assignment, so I did Night of the Bulimic Living Dead. I regret it now. Thank you for canceling me. Um, but I played Dr. Loomis in that because I was so, I, you know, you love him when you're, when you don't know any better. He's the good guy and the stupid cops won't listen to him. Yeah. Versus <laughs> the other night watching it. Oh my God. He's a maniac. <laughs> yeah, who is this man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they're so bold with Laurie Strode's wig, right? It's just a wig. 
from the get-go and they're just like we know that you know audience it's even better on blu-ray because now i can see (laughs) the lace front and i didn't even know like the wig is so bad that i wouldn't even have thought it was actually a lace front like i would have thought it was full on halloween town (laughs) but um i think all that honking is still going on i love it doesn't that just make you smile downstairs it does make me well and upstairs and at the back door (laughs) (laughs) don't ask me how She's um, a woman of many talents. Yeah. I've been working out, you know, pandemic. That's what else and release. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? I don't know. Nurse Marion's really fucking cool. Of course. When she shows up and she's like, I don't know why my job is to be a messenger because I'm a nurse, but but I'm Yeah, the marshal couldn't go get him. They had to send to the nurse. (laughs) Yeah, and she's like, but I'm going to smoke this cigarette and I'm a fucking cool ass motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, the wig is so very bold. Lori sucks. Lori, H2O is when she became a true final girl, right? Yeah, honestly. Yeah. All she did until that point was just scream and go, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this one, I'm always reminded about the, well, who cares? It's a nitpick. But the, at the end of Halloween, and they show it at the beginning of Halloween too, again, obviously, is where she thinks he's dead and then he gets up and then he starts choking her and that's when Loomis shoots him. Mm -hmm. The ADR is so bad. He's got, she's like, (laughs) 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 but I love her. Are those Charlie Brown teachers having sex? (laughs) (laughs) Mommy, what are those teachers doing? (laughs) Two saxophones are grinding on each other. (laughs) But this one, Halloween too. she just doesn't have anything to do. She just lays there in a drugged up haze. She's asleep half the movie. Yeah, sometimes. And then after she gets out of bed and is like, oh, fuck, I gotta get out. Sometimes she's drugged up. Sometimes she's fine. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. It's like, well, it's like that, it's like that, that part of One Dark Night where Meg Tilly is just asleep for a scene. <laughs> yeah. And she just like bumbles around. <laughs> but that's Laurie Strode in all of Halloween too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. listen to that. I love it. And then he, like, kills people in kind of complicated ways, which I forgot. Like, I know that we ragged on Halloween whatever. Oh, 40, H4O. For being like, Michael wouldn't do that. And then I watched Halloween 2 and I'm like, I mean, he still wouldn't do the things he did in 40, I don't think. But he does some weird shit in Halloween 2. Like, that nurse that he, like, drains all her blood. Like... What did he do? Knock her out and then put her on the table and then get the IV thing and then stick in it? Like, just fucking stab her, dude. He is a craftsman, Stacey. This is artisanal death. It's a sequel. You gotta up the stakes with your artisanal murder. I guess. I just, I, and I guess he kind of did things like that in the first movie, like with the sheet and Bob's glasses was fucked up. But that was like creepy fucked up. Well, and, it, and and felt like, okay, he's toying with them and, and putting Annie's body with the Judith Myers headstone. Yeah, with the grave and shit. Like, that was weird stuff, but it didn't feel like killing them in strange ways. He just stabbed Bob. But that know? was like, that was like, Michael Myers has a thing for Halloween, as is established in the first film. Right. And so that was just like him celebrating the Halloween spirit. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like, he didn't put, like, Halloween decorations on the dead nurse as he put, drained her blood forever. Right. Did the he just... of the blood is just weird. Did he just strap her there? How did... Did he... She didn't even out? look strapped. She was just like, that's the thing. Was she like, like, did oh, she no. die by... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, my more blood. <laughs> oh, no, I have to lay here for 20 minutes while I bleed out. And then I get a cookie? Like, <laughs> I can't do anything. <laughs> I didn't, didn't really think of that. Yeah, they don't really show what happened. I was more just strange. bummed because she was cool. She was real cool. She's like, I suffer no fools. She was a ball buster. Yeah, she was. Uh, I guess Halloween 2 is to blame for me pronouncing Samhain wrong for the first 80 years of my life. Samhain! Samhain! <laughs> so Michael goes to the school and is like, one of these kids must have drawn a picture with a sister and a brother in it. Let me see. Let me look around and find one. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, I'm gonna stab it. <laughs> and then write a Celtic word for a harvest festival. Yeah, which is like, how did he learn about that? Did he learn about that at the hospital? Yeah, when he was taking, because he took a combo driver's ed and Celtic (laughs) Harvest Festival class. (laughs) Which also, Dr. Loomis, I know John Carpenter and Deborah Hill were like so hot for druids in their coked out haze. Oh, of course. But also, he's not the Lord of the Dead. It's just a fucking festival where they move cattle through like bonfires. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So the the weird segue to the school, I don't know. Yeah, why would I he? Like, it's, Michael stops to get a mask, or he stops to get a coveralls, or to get a headstone. He's not, like, going to go stop in a school to, it is so strange. It's very strange. And then the, like, one weird flashback where Lori is remembering when she was a child and the her mom was like, you're not our daughter, or oh, whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's just a very strange, disjointed movie, and I think if I had seen it for the first time as an adult, I don't know how I'd feel about it. I mean, the main reason it works is it's still, uh, it's it's a direct continuation, right? I love that. The soundtrack is fantastic, like, I'm almost better than the first one in a slightly more synth way. Yeah. Um, the nurses are fucking awesome, and I'm sad every time they die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has that Dean Cundy cinematography. Yeah. But, but otherwise, like, it's it's just like a weird knockoff sequel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a, a, one that is a joy to watch in all its strangeness. True. True. It's wicked when he walks through that door. How does he do that? At snail's pace? Yeah. Listen. Okay. You don't know what death is. Death opens no doors. (laughs) Death goes through the door. (laughs) Also, I will say for the point that everybody's like, why is the hospital so empty? I will say that Nurse Coolio... Uh, calls it the Haddonfield Clinic several times. So if they didn't put a sign that said Haddonfield Memorial, everybody would know that it was just a clinic and not a whole. Oh, like it's hospital. like an urgent care or a right. Mm, that's they fucked up with that HMH Fuck branding. Up. Fire that. Uh, whatever. Set dresser. 
<laughs> yeah, I didn't. I couldn't think of the word, and then I said, I don't want to think of the word. <laughs> Haven't I done enough thinking? You have, and now's your Thank time you. off. Now's my time off, so the rest of this episode is going to be real good. Real good. <laughs> Duh. Oh, well, Halloween. anyway, but I still ha- I loved my time with it. I loved it. I was so sad when I saw Nancy Loomis dead again. Yeah. Sheriff Brackett's like, oh, Annie, it's so sad. Good movie. <laughs> Drops of blood by the ham. <laughs> Classic classic you want my mustard on your sandwich <laughs> you want mayonnaise on your yeah sandwich? that's it <laughs> you want mustard on your sandwich love lucille benson perfection and in keeping with uh this john carpenter vibe yeah man we this week on top of <laughs> talking about the sheer relief of our smooth move and the bizarreness of Halloween <laughs> too. <laughs> We are continuing on with these Carpenter feels with uh, a first-time watch for me, uh, not for you. Not uh, for moi. You chose this film, and I'm so glad you did. Uh, also from the same year as Halloween, 1978's Someone's Watching Me! Exclamation point. Excellent. First of all, a title with an exclamation point. Oh, you know you're in for a good time. I love a title with an exclamation point. A friend of mine watched this a couple of weeks ago and messaged me and was like... I'm watching Someone's Watching Me, and I think it's, if you've never seen it, it's the perfect Stacey Ponder movie. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, you know what? You're absolutely right. 1978, made for TV. Adrian Barbeau. Adrian Barbeau is a lesbian. What an out lesbian. A de facto anchorwoman in peril. I screamed. John Carpenter. It's a feminist movie. Very feminist. Lauren Hutton in her prime. Is it the perfect Stacey Ponder movie? Yes. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Anthony. You know what, Stacey? I did not enjoy it. Oh, okay. I loved it. Oh! Okay. Did you see that coming? Oh, no, I didn't. You <laughs> fooled me. I, uh... I love how quickly you went, went and defaulted back to four years of pain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That was a very real reaction. Followed by, ow! <laughs> I, am not a, I am not accustomed to joy. <laughs> we really need to get you through some rehabilitation. <laughs> I think so. Oh, another disappointment. Okay, okay, all right, yeah. yeah. How I could I... I should have expected it, really. How could I not love this movie? I was screaming. First thing I have to say, made for TV? They did not fuck around in the 70s with their made-for-TV movies. Okay, I, I hear you, but Stacy, we have watched at least three made-for-TV movies in our time together for the show, and for, like Patrick's show, and, and etc., right? Mm-hmm. I feel like at least three. Um, yeah. But, I mean, maybe it's like that this one has the Shock Factory or Scream Factory, like, Blu-ray treatment and is all fancy and, like, but this is, like, it it's it looks like a movie <laughs> it feels yeah. like a, a movie it feels like a movie theater movie yes yeah. and i and i i'm sure a huge part of that is that john carpenter you know is a master craftsman when it comes to filmmaking yeah but what the shit i did not expect this no 
I watched it. I don't have the Blu-ray. I have a DVD-R that a friend made me. They taped it off of television. It ran on the Superstation. And they taped it off the television and then copied it onto a DVD for me. So I got that experience, which is fantastic. Does that mean commercials? Yeah. I'm jealous. Like, they paused during the commercials, but... But I was going to say, because of the way I watched it, that's really the only way I would know that there were supposed to be commercial breaks. Yeah, there's like there's like maybe three or four fades to black Yeah, on the Blu-ray that I watched. And yeah. I was like, oh, well, okay, sponsored by Tide. But then the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, whereas something like Salem's Lot, a lot of the time feels a lot more like, okay, that's where a commercial would go. Yeah, yeah. But and it's three hours feels... long. and Yeah. And then, but this one just feels, like you said, it feels like a movie. It's good shit, man. It's so fucking, I mean, it's expertly written. Mm-hmm. Oh, the my God. performances are killer. These two women are fucking goddamn perfect queen <laughs> angels. <laughs> I have a newfound respect for John Carpenter. So do I. I mean, it reignited. I forget about this movie. I forget the details of this movie that I'm because it's so early in his career and it's so overlooked. Um and I don't except for, except for like Laurie Strode or like I guess the fog. I don't know. I associate him more with his male characters. And I always am like, oh, well, if a woman is good in his movies, it's cuz Deborah Hill wrote it, right? right. <laughs> like or if a yeah. female character gets anything to do. But watching this, I was it, and it just says written and directed by John Carpenter. He read, he wrote a fucking weirdo, unique, uh, imbued with pathos, <laughs> like amazing woman with Lauren Hutton. She is amazing. I don't know that I've ever really seen a protagonist like this. Like when you said weirdo, like I wrote down weirdo too. Like she is really weird in a very charming way she's funny she's fiercely independent she's a femme troll femme troll she has a personality like characters in movies don't really have personalities they might fall into an archetype and that becomes their personality but they don't have like a human personality yeah this lee michaels is cool as fuck man Dude, I was, and I was so, like, it's not like you get to know her over time. You know who she is the second she walks into the frame in that first scene. And mm-hmm. she's touring the, the the new apartment in the high rise. This was originally titled High Rise, apparently. Um, and she, she's, she's like, kind of joking with that realtor and kind of making him uncomfortable by, like, lying to him and just making up these stories. And then she just says, I've developed a strange sense of humor. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. and yeah. I just said, I love her. Mm-hmm. And then, throughout the first, like, quarter of the movie, she is constantly come on to by multiple men. Relentlessly. And she just immediately shuts them all down. I love that she doesn't, like, make excuses. or whatever. Like, she'll be at a bar and a guy will come up and say, like, hey, pretty lady, can I buy you a drink? And she just says, no, thank you. Yeah! Women don't just say no. Do you know what I mean? Like, if it's a co-worker who's like, hey, baby, let me take you out to dinner or whatever. Women are trained to, like, you have to make an excuse, you know? And a lot of the training comes from, like, nowadays, as we've come to realize. It's fear. 
Mm-hmm. Tell a man no, and you don't know how he's going to react to it, right? It's a safety yeah, issue. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, yep. Um, but I just love that this character, anytime a, she gets unwanted attention from a dude, she just says, no, no thank you. Not she she is what Keith Raniere was trying to warn us about with next yeah. <laughs> yeah. She I don't see her doing penances any day soon. No. No. And then she turned, like that Steve, is it uh, Steve, the guy that works at the TV studio with her and Adrian Barbeau? Mm-hmm. He comes on to her first thing in the studio, in the workplace, like at her like interview job shadow job moment. <laughs> And then he calls her up at night at home and tries to ask her on a date. She tells him no. I thought, oh, great. Steve is going to become a character and he'll win her over. Right. He never shows up again. Yeah. (laughs) And then after some guy comes on to her at a bar and she's like, no. Then she just walks up to a guy and makes the moves on him. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's her choice. He wants to go home with her. And she's like, no. But she keeps seeing him throughout the movie. Yeah. I just yeah. could not believe what I was watching, especially made for TV, especially 1978, and I'm shocked to say it, especially John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. And I said, I have mad props for this guy, and then he introduced me to Sophie. Oh my god. Adrian motherfucking Barbo, Barboarella herself. <laughs> I cannot believe the way her character is handled. I can't, like, it is... So rare. Oh, you hear the words. They agree with you. They agree with me. Uh, It is a very rare thing for us to get actual friendships between straight women and gay women in media. (sighs) Um, Where it isn't, there isn't like feelings, you know, the gay woman is in love with the straight woman or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just like these two women become friends. Mm -hmm. And the fact that this is 1978, the fact that this is a made-for-television movie is just mind-blowing that she's a lesbian she's just like we've said before so rarely lesbian for no reason yeah yeah there's no reason for her to be a lesbian it's not it's not um a part of her character really in terms of like you don't see her with the girlfriend you don't see her go to the the dyke bar you know right but it does inform choices that she makes yes and it does inform her storyline Yes, and and it feels like John Carpenter like was like I want to show a gay person being a real person, and it's not an issue. It's not an issue in 1978. On was this network television? Mm-hmm. So like, how much money is on the line with this sponsorships? The, yeah, all the com- corporate sponsors and commercials. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing, and I love that they talk at several points about how it's not an issue. When it first comes up, they're they're in the they're in the, like her office at the studio really early on when it meet when they meet and when it first comes up, uh, what is it? It's something about a guy in the mirror looking in the mirror. Uh, basically, they're tr- they're getting to know each other. They're just Sophie and Lee share an office, and Lee kind of doesn't talk about why she is a recent transplant to Los Angeles, um, but Sophie susses it out real quickly. And he's like, "Oh, what's his name?" Hmm. And Lee is like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then kind of flips it a little while later and says to her, to Sophie, like, oh, yeah, what's his name? And she just says, what's her name? Yeah. Yeah. And then she goes, oh. And then Adri- Sophie just says, don't worry, you're not my type. 
Yeah. Which, Which I'm like, I know this is fiction. Who's who? Lauren Hutton isn't someone's type, please. Yeah. And then Lauren Hutton smiles at her and says, "I'm not worried." Yeah. And there, they're it still never is it... It's been four hours. <laughs> it's so wonderful. <laughs> they can honk till January, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, but it it, it that then it's never an issue for them. Yeah. You see that they're best friends. You see, I I just love that she had her, like, posse between Paul, the guy that she's interested in, and Sophie. And, like, that scene of them walking home from the bar. And she's in between. And her arms are linked in both of theirs on either side. Yes! Like, it makes me emotional. Like, it's... I It is shocking to me. It's, it's just it's just shocking in general that it existed, that it happened in 1978. Like you said, it's so rare and I'm thinking when it comes to the straight woman and gay woman relationships, like I've only since 1978, I feel like I've only maybe seen that handled in Booksmart. Mm-hmm. Where it's not yeah. an issue because they're like young, woke, more progressive kids. Yeah, because it's like a 2018 movie or whatever. But it feels so. It feels like we've even gone, we've even reverted past this previous to this in a way to this mm-hmm. this what john carpenter did here in media and in our understandings of gay people like in this it's just so it's even ahead of our own time yeah <laughs> it's wild and i love that the characters like a sophie it's remarkable to me that he lets her acknowledge that this is a thing like and yeah. later on when they're having drinks together and sophie says to her it really doesn't bother you does it Mm-hmm. Like, you're not threatened by me. Like, we're just friends, right? And Lee says, well, I'm friend- I am hang out with men and I'm not threatened by them, so why would I be threatened by you? Ugh. And it's just like, holy fuck. It's like, finally. <laughs> you know, you're seeing this. It's like, yes, straight women and gay women can be friends. Straight women and gay women can, like, touch each other. We can hug or mm-hmm. hold hands or something, and it doesn't have to be sexual. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a thing that actually happens and you never ever see it because imagine that this a gay woman is not necessarily the same as a straight man and isn't applying a predatory eye or outlook (laughs) towards uh, the woman look at sophie versus steve yeah exactly you know and i just love that these two our friends. I love the scene where Sophie comes over. Like they've obviously gone to the store together, the grocery store, and they come over, and she comes over, and they make dinner and just like chill. Yes. Even that, like it's it's. I don't know. Uh, you brought up Pen Fifteen, and I just finally finished season two. And <gasps> oh, so you've have... seen Mora? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just have so many feelings about that show because, like, because <sighs> it's perfect. Because it's perfect, but there's really nothing else like it. No. And I don't even mean that on a superficial level. I mean that, like, thematically, their friendship. Yeah. Um, But so long in everything, I've seen, like, superficial relationships between girls. I'm fascinated by relationships between girls because I am a girl, right? Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's something that interests me. Um, but I, it wasn't until I read Cat's Eye by Margaret Atwood, who she really kind of, in that book, she like blew open the sort of toxic relationships between girls 
and how in the group, like, there's always the dominant alpha, like the mean girl shit, basically. Yeah. And it's Margaret Atwood, so of course it's fantastic. But that was the first time that I really recalled someone acknowledging that dynamic. Hmm. And in, like, a really truthful, honest way meaningful way you know yeah uh and i just feel like mean girls became the way friendships between women are portrayed yeah i mean i mean you have mean girls (laughs) like there always had to be a competition there had to be backbiting and backstabbing and the one who's dominating everything and so when i see something or something like pen 15 or like this where it's just two women two girls who tell each other they love each other the fact that on Pim 15 they're telling each other that they love each other is amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a genuine, fully formed friendship. And I just really love to see it. And it's it's just what I want in my media right now. I'm done. I'm tired of... I love a mean girl, obviously. I love the Chris Harginson, you know? Oh, yeah. We're all here for those. <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, we love our mean queens here at Gay Lords of Darkness, for our, sure. Our monsters. <laughs> yeah, but when it's like, I don't know, a friendship between women, like, I just want them to fucking support each other. Yeah, to see something real. Yeah. Ladies helping ladies. Ladies helping ladies in a way that doesn't, like, I'm just, I don't know. And also all of the Nexium shit we've been, in, you know, taking in where it's just like... <sighs> things done in the name of feminism and it's so fucking twisted and well just... <laughs> i find the best feminism is established by a man with a harem yeah. <laughs> but just like feminism that isn't it's not even like encouraging each other in the sort of you know go girl water bottle i was just thinking it like, thank you <laughs> it's not encouraging each other in that way encouraging each other to like make more money or to be more like men or whatever but just to like support each other yeah i don't know yeah it's a it's and it's so sad that we don't get to see those friendships they're so rare they're so rare i and can so... think of like tragedy girls where they still have a giant fight Mm-hmm. Like Romeo and Michelle, I, I really love that friendship. It's also a, a you know, vaguely, a slightly less dimensional screwball comedy uh, where they also mm-hmm. have a giant fight. Yep. But this is like real fucking shit. And that it's coming from a made for TV movie by John Carpenter. I know, like 40 what? years ago. What? And then. And... Mm-hmm. Oh, no, please go. Well, I was going to say that John Carpenter is masterfully i keep using that word because i really have the hots from right now but (laughs) writes these spectacular female characters casts spectacular actresses to play them and directs them wonderfully um and then is still like oh wait i'm working on halloween deborah hill should write these women yeah like he's it's just i get the good guy vibes again i know not to turn into Nancy Salzman and tout that a man did this and look at how great this <laughs> is. But it's just another reason I can admire this movie and John Carpenter. And, right. And it is, I yeah, it's really, it's just so lovely. And it does make the tragedy of what happens in this movie more. Even more tragic. I think, that tragic. Did, I think the David Bernie of the Meredith Baxter Bernies. Uh, oh, is that have, where she got it? That sure is. It was her husband. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
a big lesbian now, you know that. Yeah, well, I'm just gonna say, no wonder. Haven't seen her smile in years. <laughs> that's that's how you know it's true. <laughs> Um, yeah, but then also, this is a horror movie. This is like a, it feels like a slasher movie. Like, it feels like a predecessor to Halloween with the way it's shot. It's like, Lee Michaels uh, is a new, she's a director of live television, newly transplanted to L.A. She gets this nice apartment in a high rise. There's another high rise across the way. And there's a creepy dude over there with a telescope and a reel-to-reel tape recorder. And he spots her standing on her balcony, and he begins to harass her as he has done to other women. (sighs) Constant phone calls, knows where she works, starts sending her letters, starts sending her shit under the guise of this weird contest? Oh, from, um, oh, what was it called? Excursions Unlimited? (laughs) Excursions Unlimited. Congratulations if you whatever like some bullshit contest sending her all these presents and everything just won't leave her alone um of course she gets no help from the police who is of course charles cyphers sheriff bracket himself um because there's really nothing they can do things escalate um she thinks she finds out who it is they arrest the wrong man she's still getting harassed it gets into weird rear window territory holy fuck it does uh where sophie stays behind in lee's apartment and is looking through a telescope at lee who is in the creepy dude's apartment uh there's some great shots of the first time lee comes home from work and her door is open hmm And so you know someone's been in there, and there's that great shot of her on the phone, and the dude runs by in the background. Oh, God, I freaked out. (laughs) Yeah. This movie is scary. This movie is scary. Um, So it's kind of up to Lee to, with the help of her friends, like, save herself, because the police have already arrested somebody and driven him out of town, and even though it's the wrong man, um, they think it's the right man, so they're not going to help. And so she has to solve the mystery and save herself. Because cops are useless, it turns out. <laughs> yeah, go figure. And she's gonna do it. She's gonna do it. Also, My can... own... Hmm? I was gonna say, can you step outside and just tell them that Trump won? I've had it now. <laughs> it's not over yet, <laughs> It is so nice to hear still. Um... <laughs> oh, my God. I had so much anxiety watching this film. That second, like, from the, that second half or last third, kind of, from, like, the rear window on. Mm-hmm. It, like, such, the the way he was able to evoke such dread. Yes. And in, like, a pastel apartment with daylight, nonetheless. I was A huge, airy apartment. Yeah, with giant, sunny city views. I was very upset. Yeah. This one's a clincher, definitely. Yeah. Well, the guy is, you never know where he is. And then even at some points, like, we know that the guy actually exists, but everybody starts to doubt Lee's sort of sanity and her story. And you kind of see, it's a nice, well, not nice, but it's well done, I should say, of, like, you can't, you just see the joy get sucked out of her as, like, she's subjected to all of this. Yeah, yeah, Um, it's... A, a story of um, domination. Like, what is it? Uh, I was really impressed by that. Another line that Carpenter wrote. I think Adrian Barbeau says it. She says, rape is when a man consciously keeps a woman in fear. Like, what the fuck? He wrote that? And that's, <laughs> But that's what this movie is about. It's these two amazing women 
existing yeah. of themselves for each other mm-hmm. and a man wanting to control and dominate and keep them in fear because he can't have them. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> I know. I know. It's a remarkable film. And it even really is. Lauren Hutton, you know, she's trying to battle through that. And I mean, ultimately, she she almost comes near the the breaking point like when she's (laughs) i actually did i didn't want to laugh but i did when she had her catatonic moment at the table and it fell on her (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i rewound it yeah that's a good that was a great like reaction give but um (laughs) but like even her her even through that as she's like feeling so helpless or she has those moments of kind of almost cat verging on catatonia but then she still she still is like, I'm not leaving. He's not chasing me out of my apartment. She could just move. She could just right. go stay with Paul, the the philosophy professor that she's dating. Yeah. But what she she is so just wants to exist for herself is of that principle. She even says it in the car. How dare he invade my life? Yeah. It's so good. It's... It, it, uh, I don't know. I don't think, like feminist when i think john carpenter right at all like as much as i love you know 90 percent of the films from him like i just that's not a word that really crosses my mind with him mm-hmm. and here we are right at the beginning this is absolutely a feminist film yeah i love it i love it i i have to say though that rear window sequence was so hard to watch yeah, and I mean, it's, it's it has to be. That's why it's there. But right, I don't want it to be. <laughs> and, yeah, and hearing her screaming over the walkie talk. Oh, I love that they have walkie talkies. <laughs> like, <laughs> they have their walkie talkies. They're doing her window. Lauren Hutton is Grace Kelly in the apartment, except they flipped it. Right, and her apartment isn't the safe one. Yeah, and then Adrian he comes in. He's strangling Adrian Barbeau. Lauren Hutton tries to book it to go there and she's gone. And I still, I was like, my canon ending is like, they go to his house and in the basement, she's just tied up and she's fine. Yeah, because we never find out what really happens to her. So I'm like, she's still alive, right? (laughs) Yeah, they just haven't found her yet. They just haven't found her yet. He recorded him strangling her and said that that was the sound of her dying. But like, he just cut the tape before he was like, hold on, I have to gag you. And then put her in his basement. Right, yeah. She's, obviously. They're gonna go on a they're gonna go on hundred thousand dollar pyramid, they're gonna win and they're gonna <laughs> go on that vacation together. Yes. I love it. I love that like Sophie like that she gets to have a date and a past at a relationship. Like that's part of the thing is she's gonna go she gets a job offer in Fort Worth, Texas. Mm-hmm. And she might go, she's undecided, but one of the deciding factors is going to be, like, can she patch it up with a woman she'd obviously been seeing? Mm-hmm. It's like she has this, the, the sidekick, like, you know, character we don't have to know so much about has, like, a full life. Yeah. You know. And it, it shouldn't matter, but also she's a babe. <laughs> Right. She's Adrian yes. Barbeau. <laughs> She's Adrian Barbeau. She's perfect. Oh, I love it. I love this movie. I it just was blown away. Right? Um, did you notice also, Stacy? I didn't I think I thought this was John Carpenter making a little um predictive wink towards you. 
that Lauren Hutton early on, you see her sitting at home. It looked like repairing a radio. Yes. Much what like one Paris Hilton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe Paris learned it from her. Yeah. So in the remake, Paris is going to play her, right? <laughs> Dare to dream. <laughs> Dare to dream. <laughs> so Let's good. start writing it. <laughs> oh my god, I'm in. <laughs> and Adrian Barbeau can still play Sophie. Yes, yes, absolutely. There was a really beautiful. Uh, I recommend the Blu-ray to everyone. Um, I'm gonna have to just buy it. I rented it, but I. There's a really great special feature where there's an interview with Adrian Barbo and she talks about it. Oh. And a huge, it just made me love, I mean, if it, if the film made me love John Carpenter, it made me love Adrian Barbo even more, which I did not think was possible. Yeah. I, I think she's one of our most holiest sainted queens on the gay lords queen fight bracket. But yeah. <laughs> um, watching her on the special feature too, she talks, so much of it is dedicated to to the um the groundbreakingness of her character and it's not like it's not like an up my ass like we were the first to do this you know but it's just like she talks about how she even showed the clip of the coming out scene like when they just kind of say you know don't worry you're not my type and she says i'm not worried she she talks about how she did a one woman show like in in hollywood and she showed that scene because it was a part of her career she was so proud of And she talks about uh, all the gay people that she's met in her life that have come up to her and have said, like, I was watching that on TV when I was a kid and you made it made me feel like I wasn't alone and all this stuff. And just that uh, uh, she talks about how she was so excited to take the role because she wanted to show what gay people are like. And I'm just like. God bless her. God bless John Carpenter. God bless Cody Carpenter. The <laughs> Carpenter Barbeau dynasty is golden. <laughs> well, I mean, you talk about, like, you know, we joke about, oh, did you say that actress is so brave? Did you see Nicole Kidman when she put that nose on to play Virginia Woolf? That is so brave for her to appear not as attractive as she actually is. The bravery. But for Adrian Barbeau, like, to play this role in 1978, like, there was a bravery to it. Like, you can have your career fucking killed for that kind of thing. That really could have broken her career. She had only really done, like, some, like, stage work, Broadway stuff, and, um, and Maud. And Maud, yeah. At that point. Like, yeah. she became Adrian Barbeau in the 80s. Right. And... That this was 1978. This was once again network television, a lot of money on the line, and sponsorships. Mm-hmm. And she's fucking for paving the way and breaking new ground. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's an I important just important movie. I think you know. I'm not gonna say we owe it to straight people, but we we I think a huge story in the queer horror whatever canon of we uh, a lot is owed to this depiction and to the choices these filmmakers and these actors made yeah oh absolutely you know when allies do the right thing it's very helpful right? <laughs> like you know that's yeah oh, i love this movie i love this movie <laughs> 
Yay. That floor grate sequence was also terrifying. I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's a good one, man. Check it out if you can. It's available for digital rental. I know that. It's real good. It's, it's on Blu-ray. It's on. Get the Blu-ray. It's gorgeous. You can watch it in two different aspect ratios. That one that is like widescreen, and the other is a uh, uh, slightly TV. Yeah, TV, but it preserves the full aspect ratio, so you get the full image. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, also, like Adrian Barbo says in the special feature, the only way this movie could be better is if John Carpenter did the score. Yeah, it is weird to watch a John Carpenter movie, and it ha- it does have a very made for TV movie score. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like a made for TV movie, which if you've seen more than one of them, you know exactly what that means. Yes. Um. So that is really weird. He should read. He should put out a score for it. Oh, rescore it. Rescore it. Just cut that old and put in a carpet. Yes imagine that you know what if enough people listen to this we've single-handedly changed the the story around suspiria in the media okay so yeah, if enough of you sure. tweet maybe john carpenter who just loves doing music now will do a, a new score for someone's watching me exclamation point 1978 <laughs> that'd be fucking wicked this movie's fucking wicked just yeah. on top of a wicked ass week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm popping out again. <laughs> no. Well, stay safe. Tuck it back in, baby. Tuck, tuck in those Martian prolapses and prepare. <laughs> Are you prepared to place them on the chopping block? <laughs> That was placing my I got appendages. It. I got it. Thank you. <laughs> oh fuck. Uh I have three new categories. I have two. So, holy shit. So I guess I did uh, do something besides watch Halloween 2 and uh, be nervous this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we also ate a lot of food. Ate a fuck ton of food. And made, between us, five new categories. Prolapsed everywhere, made a bunch of categories. <laughs> That's gross. And also not true, ladies. I am. I Unless just... you're into it. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the groundbreaking story of lesbians in the media. We have Sophie, who makes coming out okay in 1978 and not an issue. We have Stacey Ponder in 2020, who isn't afraid to tackle the subject of the prolapse. (laughs) I know some men are really into that. Oh, no, no. Anytime I'm... It's just so disgusting and so unsafe it looks like it i don't know how it can be okay and it's not supposed to do that it's not supposed to do that and i don't want it on my twitter feed but it's every five posts oh god (sighs) well how's this game work oh um okay (laughs) well yes uh there are three categories to choose from the person who uh, has their head on the... Ch- I'm trying to mix it up today, you see. I see. The person who... They have their appendage, probably their head, 
on the chopping block gets to choose a category. There are five questions in the category. You have 10 seconds to answer. If you answer incorrectly or you run out of time, you get your head cut off, which means you're dead. Unless you use the lifeline, you get to use one lifeline. And that lifeline is the aforementioned wig of one Jamie Lee Curtis in one film, Halloween 2 from 1981. Thank you. You call out, I want the wig. Someone hands you the wig and you put it on very quickly. <laughs> uh, it fools our non-binary executioner the heads. They, they are about to chop your head off. And then the hair is different. And they get confused. <laughs> and then the hair is different. <laughs> <laughs> and then it takes them ten more seconds to realize what's going on. You get ten more seconds. If you win, that's nice. If you don't, you die. That's the chopping block. You die, but Biden and Harris are still president and vice president-elect, so everyone wins. Honestly. So my heart is a honkin'. <laughs> that's what that is. That's what that's been this whole time. <laughs> you should probably go to an urgent care. Probably, yeah. <laughs> the clinic. So I think... You answered first last time. Oh, so ta- the, my lazy Susan is sliding, <laughs> sliding towards you. Sounds hot. Thank you. Uh, so, Stacy, your categories this week. Like I said, I got two new ones for you. Your three categories coming at you. We have category one, location, location, location. Mm. Now in this, this one is all about naming those famous haunted houses in horror. Oh, shit, the Lamia's house. <laughs> yeah, the Lamia's house. It's not as hard as that. These ones are pretty easy, <laughs> but they're fun. Uh, I love a I love a spooky haunted house. Next category, this is an oldie. It's hashtag not my killer. And this is all about those imposter killers and slashers and villains in horror films. Um, third and final a new category is the cash in inning. And in this one, you have to name the title of the first sequel, cash-in sequel, to, to, the, to the named film or story. I see. So your categories are location, 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 hashtag not my killer, or the cash-in inning. There's like a helicopter hovering over now. I wonder why. Oh, they're probably going to gas you. Like a bit. <laughs> now they're going to drop the firebomb. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to do location, location, location. I was, I will admit, I was hoping it would be about horror movie realtors. Oh. But that's a category I'm calling dibs on. Thank you. All of them, D. Wallace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can pretend that she sold these houses. Oh, perfect. Okay, location, location, location. Uh, in this, you mostly name the house, but there's one real variation, but it'll be easy. Um, okay. And I do think these are all easy. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. Don't don't set it up like that, then I fail. Yeah, don't, don't squeeze all those appendages at once. That's right. Question one. You ready? That helicopter. I know. It's very distracting to my concentration. Well, look, the head stay is just is just cackling right now. Silently <laughs> waiting uh, and watching to see how that disrupts you. Question one. This house was built by Hugh Crane and serves as the sometimes titular setting for several versions of The Haunting. 
the oh uh, Hill House. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> yes, the is the name of the house. <laughs> Almost messed it up. I told you. Question yeah. two. Vincent Price invited five unlucky strangers to win $10,000 by staying the night in this titular house. Just the house on Haunted Hill. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, all right. Rebecca! (laughs) Question three. On Halloween night, Angela threw a killer party in this dilapidated mortuary in Night of the Demons. Oh, fuck. I don't know. I don't know. The the, the Angelus Mortuary. (laughs) (laughs) I thought maybe the obvious would be it. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen that movie in like 10 years. I don't accept the results of this. My head is still on. You're going to the courts? (laughs) I won this by a lot. Um, I was hoping to keep up the momentum of Hill House, House on Haunted Hill, because this, in Night of the Demons, was Whole House. Whole House was the answer. That's H-U-L-L, not to be confused with um, The Haunting of Whole House, a low-budget film that I... Okay. um, The Haunting of Prolapse Villa. (laughs) It's definitely a villa. <laughs> well, good job, good job. Yeah, not really, not really. No, no, you got the. Easy I know, ones. but I've only, I've, I've honestly only seen Night of the Demons once, which is crazy. What? Yeah. Oh and, wow! Uh, it's been at least God ten years, at least probably closer to a hundred. Wow! Good job, though. Good job uh, only seeing a classic horror film once. It's fine. I I haven't seen anything ever. (laughs) I should watch it again. You should. It's a joy. It's a joy joy. and a treasure. It is a joy and a treasure. (laughs) All right. Three new categories for you. So, category one. I will say from the the outset here, none of them are going to reach the dizzying highs of Woman of a Thousand Voices from last week, okay? So don't I mean, get will, excited. Will anything ever? No. Don't that was the excited. pinnacle. It's the greatest thing I've ever done in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Category one. If I could be her for just one day, which is, of course, a line from Freaky Friday, uh, this two movies have characters that share a name. So it's Two characters with the same name, different movies. You can give me the movies or the character name. It's up to you. So if I, you know, like, whatever. Billy is from, whatever, Friday the 13th Part 5 and from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. That's not true. I'm just using it as an example. Am I making any sense? I feel like I'm talking so much. I was going to see how long I could stay silent. And just <laughs> I was about to say, are you still there? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I get... So Okay, so you'll say like... Yeah, okay, so Billy. And I say Creep Show and... Whatever. Black Christmas. Yeah, so I can either give you the character name and you give me the two movies, or I can give you the two movies and you, you give me the character name. But it's a first name? Just a first name? 
Maybe. Oh, okay. Oh. So that's up to you. Oh, that's a butt clencher. Uh, um, category two. Fancy a massacre, governor. <laughs> <laughs> now this one is a little different. I decided to play with the rules without asking you first. Instead of giving you five questions, I am going to give you 50 seconds in which you name five movies that have the word massacre in the title. It's all at once. It's one question. And you cannot cheat and say, like, you know, Axe Massacre Part 1 and Axe Massacre Part 2. I need five. But is it really 50 seconds if I'm thinking about it already? Huh? Is Stop it... thinking about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> question three. Say her name. Oh. I give you a hint. You tell me the movie title, which is a woman's name. The title of the movie is a woman's name. Oh! I give you a hint. You tell me the title. Oh. Get it? Yeah. So, if I could be her for just one day. Fancy a massacre, governor! (laughs) (laughs) And say her name. With the massacre one, do sequels count? No, I Shit. said I said no sequels. Oh, you said that. You were too busy trying to cheat and already. I was already trying to think of them all to listen like, to the rule. I feel like I'm disqualified from that one already. Um, okay, okay. Oh, I really want to do say her name, but I'm so curious by the two names. What's the first one called? If I could be her for just one day. If I could be her for just one day for 500, please. Okay. Do you want me to give you the movies or the character name? Oh. That's an option? Oh, and then I... Oh. So either I tell you a character name, you tell me the two movies that feature a character with that name, or I give you the two movies and you tell me what the character name is that they share. Character name, please. I give you the character name? Okay. Yes. All right. Wait, and then I tell you the movies. Two movies, yes. Okay, okay, yeah. All right, here we go. Oh, fuck. Character one. Mrs. Danvers. Rebecca and Rebecca. No. (laughs) What? I mean, well, I didn't think of that. It's not a remake thing. That's a cheat also. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Two Mrs. Danvers? Yes, there are. What's the other one? Are you going to try to answer? I'll start the 10 seconds over. (laughs) Can I do the other category? No! (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. 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 Start it over. Start everything over. Oh, my God. This is unprecedented. (laughs) I should have said, it didn't even occur to me because I thought it was implied that it would be two different movies. I I didn't know there was another Mrs. Danvers, so I thought that was just Rebecca and Rebecca. (laughs) (laughs) I'll start with question two. 
Okay. <laughs> if you get all of them, I'll go back to question one. How's that? Oh, oh, okay. Oh, and then I really have to prove myself. All right. Here we go. Question two. Thank you. Alice. Um, uh, Friday the 13th part one and, well, I can't say Friday the 13th part two. Uh, Resident Evil. Oh, sure. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I was thinking Nightmare on Elm Street part four, but you're Oh, correct. that's also correct. All right. Uh, Wendy. Uh, The Shining and Wendy, 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 Wendy. Wendy, I want the wig. Um, Wendy, Wendy, I said The Shining. Um, and Wendy, 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 Wendy. Bunk part two. No! <laughs> the answer we were looking for was prom night. Oh. <sighs> I'm sure unlike me, you tried. This is a little all over the place. Uh, FYI to you and anyone else who doesn't know. <clears throat> Mrs. Danvers. Shall I glaze the ham, ma'am? Thank you, Mrs. Danvers. Creep show. Oh! In Father's Day, he named the housekeeper after Mrs. Danvers. Oh, my God. Yep. You're absolutely right. Yes, I am. I mean, you knew that, but wow. <laughs> yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. See, it's like the, what's it called? The Bader-Meinhof syndrome when you, I get to know Mrs. Danvers for the first time and now I see her everywhere. Right. <laughs> well. That's a good category. That's so, uh, the idea, <clears throat> it's just a name. I mean, Mrs. Danvers right. is very specific, but like Wendy. Yes. Right, but yeah. There's 10,000 movies that have Wendy's, probably. You came up with an Alice that hadn't even occurred to me. But well. you were correct. Well, I had this one specific Alice in mind, you see. And now I suppose I have to throw out Fancy a Massacre, governor, because now you're just going to think about all the Massacre movies. Well, now I'm trying to do it. It's not as easy as I think you think it is. Because there's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh-huh. There's Nail Gun Massacre. Uh-huh. There's Slumber Party Massacre. Uh-huh. Is Microwave Massacre a movie? Uh-huh. There's... Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning. <laughs> I told you no. <laughs> I know, I know. One more, one more. What's another massacre? Chop, chop again. God damn it! <laughs> There's a lot. Well, I wasn't timing, but you would have had 50 seconds for that. You would have had a full minute. That's if actually a lot of time, because I got those first ones in, what, like, 10 seconds? Mm-hmm. What's another massacre? Drive-In Massacre, Woodchipper Massacre, Sorority House Massacre, um. Hospital Massacre, Massacre at Central High, Mountaintop Motel Massacre, Cheerleader Massacre. Those are the ones I wrote down. I almost said Cheerleader Massacre, but I was like, that's not a movie. Yeah. Oh. It is. Wow. Yep, lots of massacres. Wow. Well, I'm sorry I just went through your category. Un- yep, that's approved. the end of that one. It will never come back. <laughs> but that's a great format because you could do so many of those, I feel mm, like. Probably. Yeah. When oh. we... F- hmm? No? 
I was when we franchise this as yes our cranium style board game, (laughs) family party game. That could be one of the special categories you get. Right. Is name all those with the thems in the titles. Mm-hmm. Not today. Not today. Oh, well. oh, well. <laughs> Stacy, we can't all be winners today. No, none of us can, apparently. <laughs> Except for everybody who's against fascism in the United States, I suppose. The We're true, all winners today. The true winners today. Yeah. Just don't don't push your luck. Don't try your hand at trivia on top of everything else. I know. Once again, <laughs> once again, our hubris is our downfall. Oh well, I didn't even call out for the wig because what was the point? Sometimes, no. you, sometimes you just don't know. Sometimes you just are aware that it's just a a gaping blank. Mm-hmm. We all know what the blank is. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, next time, I don't know what we're going to talk. We haven't decided what we're doing next week. No, no. We, we didn't dare. Month. We didn't dare look that far in the future. But now. I mean, uh, we kind of just hoped that we would luck out. I mean, not in terms of, like, staying alive or, like, freedom or democracy, you know, having some kind of form to exist after this month. But, like, we had the 100th episode, we had the two-year episode, and then we were like, okay, well, then at least we don't have to make anything more because there won't be a future. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So now we have to rethink that plan. Yep. There goes that idea. (laughs) Uh, So who knows? But it'll be something, you know, exciting as always, I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, check out our new website, gaylordsofdarkness.com. It's got so much stuff on it. You can listen to the episodes. It has links to our social medias. It's got other stuff. It's going to have even more stuff coming to it, too. There'll be more stuff someday, and we will announce when there's more stuff. Yeah, we will. Uh, and you can thank Anthony for the way that uh, it looks. Anthony designed all that shit. It looks real good. Thank you. I'm really proud of it. It makes me feel like we're legit. Yeah. We feel like a real podcast finally after two years and a hundred (laughs) episodes. Takes us a little while, but here we are. We had to make sure it would take first. Yeah, yeah. It was a trial run. Um, And also on there, you can download a PDF of uh, the huge list of movies that I counted down at Final Girl all during Shocktober. That's totally free. You can download the PDF. You weren't kidding. I mean, the thing is fucking seven pages. Yeah. And I used a small font, too. I didn't try to cheat. Yeah, you did. like size 48. You know. It's, it's, a a, great, it's it's lengthy. It's a good reference. It's a great list. And now with that list, you can no longer say I have nothing to watch. That is true. That is true. Um, um, wow. Well, honk honk. Honk honk. Keep honking, everybody. You voted. Now get your flu shot. Um, uh-huh. Keep going. I don't Keep have going, scoldy auntie. <laughs> God, what a drag. We're supposed to be celebrating. <laughs> don't forget to get your shot. <laughs> now get your flu shot so now you don't your... die. Yeah. <laughs> Death is still lingering all around us. <laughs> Democracy survived, but you can still die. 
For a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, oh, oh my god! god. Oh, oh my god. god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha, ha, ha.